0: Our principal Dr. Sister Rosie Joseph, the Dean who has given me such a big build up and a wonderful introduction, Dr. Him Francis, Deputy Principal Professor Vidya Srinivasan, the Head of the Department, Dr. Shanti Ranjit, Professor Sridhar, who talked about the theme of the conference. My yeah. fellow speakers here today, Mr. Simpson Emmanuel, the CEO of Roche Pharma, and uh, distinguished professor Philip, the chairman of Xavier Institute of Management, and Dr. Teresa Frey-Dashley, is going to give the word of thanks.
1: But most of all, all of you delegates,
0: students, faculty,
1: Good morning and thank you very
0: much for inviting me to attend here today. First, I must make a disclaimer. I think those statements about technology and all are not probably a few years old. I think I'm probably one generation behind. Unfortunately, public service hasn't given me the time to keep up with the latest technology, so I don't think I can set up your Wi Fi router anymore. I used to be able to, not but I'm very grateful to be here today multiple reasons. It's a rare occasion where I get to inaugurate two conferences on the same day, I'm just coming from the Loyola University campus. And so I apologize, my PA told me the starting time here was 10.30, so we came a bit uh, late. Actually, I should mention my colleague and the local MLA, Dr. Elylan, also was with me. And uh, we both thought it was 10.30 and we came late. So first of all, sorry, We, we had the time wrong, I apologize for that. I get invited to speak a lot. I often say that it's because uh, I'm the finance minister and they'll have some bill or some grant request or some demand pending. So they try and get me to come to these sessions. But I almost always accept the opportunity to go to colleges and universities because uh, like my chief minister, I do politics for principals. I had other careers in other places in the world. I came back to do public service because I believe deeply in the values of the Dravidian movement that my family has been involved with for over 100 years. And at the core of those values is education as the pathway for opportunities to all. That irrespective of how and where your circumstances of birth are, everybody should be given a comprehensive education and an opportunity to excel and discover the talent that they have. In that sense, and in my career, which spanned uh, feels like consulting and banking,
1: where really the
0: distinction between the top players in the world is almost entirely about the human resources, about the culture and the people. Everybody has money, everybody has systems, everybody has innovation. So for those reasons, I always loved going to colleges. In particular, I'm happy to be here. Um, in this day and age where the country is becoming increasingly polarized, Tamil Nadu stands out as a beacon of hope, where across all faiths, across all communities, when we come to an educational institution, we only come for learning. We don't care about all the other differences. We set them aside, and we come here to learn. So, I always acknowledge the great contribution of the Christian missionaries who came and settled in India, particularly in Tamil Nadu, in Madurai, in Chennai, in Kanyakumari, in Thibiru, and the amount of progress that our society has made in education, in health, in other fields, through such pioneering works. This institution, of course, takes that to a different level as much as Universal education is important. It's also important to have a few institutions of high eminence that provide excellent outcomes and create very successful alumni who can then act as a beacon of hope to others and say, I too can get from here to there. So the colleges that really excel at this, of course, TELA is one of them. So I'm happy to be here. I'm further delighted because uh, women's education and women's progress in general, as I've often stated in public forums, including at the GST Council and at the 15th Finance Commission hearings, a society's progress is defined and shaped by the progress of women. In those societies where women have equal education, equal employment, equal access to assets, Equal opportunity and equal progress, then the per capita GDP, the quality of life, all of that increases. And in those societies where those are not true, then they are much further behind in development. That's true within India, if I was to take today a comparison of Tamil Nadu on one hand and places like UP or BRR on the other hand. So I'm happy to be here at a women's college and encourage the pursuit of excellence in women. I also take this opportunity to remind you that in this budget, we changed the funding of the government which used to be towards marriage assistance. We stopped that program and we shifted it towards women's education, particularly poor women's education. (laughs) We felt very strongly, as I said in public speeches, at one time, The greatest aspiration was that you could marry well. That is no longer true. We want you to be equally participating members of society, contributing in the formal GSDP of the state. And therefore, we encourage at every level, from Polytechnic to IPI to college, um, we want to give support and scholarships. And we'll keep enhancing that. This is the beginning. You can be sure that next year, we'll provide more incentives for people
1: even in my constituency
0: where or in my city where we have other institutions of excellence like uh, Lady Dog College or Fatima College, every time I speak I say, please don't stop with getting educated, get engaged in the workforce, start a small business, do some innovation, uh, please get engaged with the formal economy, only then the country benefits from your education. But overall, uh, over above all that I'm happy to hear, be here because Though I've only met the principal a couple of times, I feel like she's a good friend of mine. And every time we speak, I feel a warmth. Last time I was here for a conference, something ran late, and I was supposed to dial into some other conference in Delhi. And very kindly, the dean and the principal arranged for me to use one of your rooms downstairs, Wi-Fi, connect, serve me lunch, and then I was able to go straight from here to work. So I thank you for that also from last time. You know, conferences like this are very important. As much as your formal education is important, with the advent of technology and the ubiquitous access to knowledge on the internet, really the formal component of education, what you can get from textbooks and what you can get from doing exercises and all that, uh, is becoming less and less crucial to the overall development of minds. It's universally available. whether you go to MIT or you go to community college, you get the same basic knowledge of physics. So what really sets apart institutions of excellence is the quality of the students around you, the quality of the debate of equal peers, the discovery you do jointly, and through events outside of the formal curriculum, like conferences, like invited speakers and other cultural festivals or intercollegiate festivals and so forth. So in that sense, uh, I think this is a very important conference. Uh, I hope that you will all find it useful. I'm sure you'll learn a lot. Let me just talk a little bit about sustainable future in terms of the government of Tamil Nadu. I think there are four or five areas where we feel
1: High priority
0: needs to be given on a more immediate basis. At the heart of it, as the principal said, much of our sustainability is about fairness between generations. That those of us who are occupying the seats of power or executive ability today should not use up limited resources in the world or create lasting damage to a delicate ecosystem such that our children and our children's children pay the consequences for it, or are deprived of something that we have. So, this notion of net zero in many ways, not just in carbon, but in extraction of resources as far as possible, is really about providing justice for the generations to come. In Tamil Nadu, we have three or four major problems where we are deficient or we need to improve. One is, of course, power. As the summer sets upon us, and as we are seeing kind of uh, instability in the global markets for oil, for coal, uh, we are starting to experience things like power cuts. Now, some of this is long-term resolution. We have a general policy that we are going to go towards almost as much as possible renewables. As you may already know, Nadu is the highest proportion of renewable energy in the state. The problem with renewable energy, particularly wind and solar, is that it's either seasonal or based on the time of day when the sun is shining or not. So then that requires you to have very large capacity, high quality uh, storage of energy, which is again a holy grail, though there have been lots of improvements, it's still not uh, commercially easily available at a reasonable price for large quantities. But we are generally moving towards a mostly renewable energy backed up by, let's say, pumped storage into hydro reservoirs and um, gas plants close to the coast where we can get liquid uh, gas and activate. Because the problem with coal plants, as you know, it takes a long time to turn on and turn off. So you you can't just activate it when you need power. What's more than that in a place like India is that because of the delay and the kind of flaws in the judicial and the litigation system, contracts are not really that easily enforceable. So we have purchase contracts, we have supply contracts, but when the markets go haywire, those contracts are not executed. And uh, if we would litigate that violation, it would take longer than you know, we would shift to renewable energy before that. So, in a lot of cases, uh, we have to think
1: within the constraints
0: of uh, the ecosystem that we have now. And therefore, I think we'll be shifting more aggressively towards renewable with these kinds of backups that I said. The second major uh, limited resource is water. Water continues to be the source of interstate conflict, uh, net negative or net deficient state, like Tamil Nadu. Uh, we have serious problems. The population has increased a lot, the infrastructure hasn't kept up. Conscious or subconscious violation of the natural balance. The water is a very simple equation. The water falls from the sky, it's not actually falling any less than it used to at any time, if you take any three or five year average. What has happened is that those areas where we used to store it, because whatever falls on the ground, either gets absorbed. Or evaporates, or runs off into the sea. That's just the mathematical equation.
1: The ratio of
0: what gets absorbed relative to what evaporates and runs off into the sea is hugely dependent on the extent of storage facilities that you have. And as you all know, living in Chennai, we have destroyed either consciously or subconsciously a lot of storage facilities. You know, uh, all the words in Tamil for storage: airy, anai, kulum. Combined. All of these are in the names of places now that are like the IT hub, right? Village here, only currently. So the whole water ecosystem has been damaged. We have to figure out new ways. But we think there are now new technologies that didn't exist before, like deep drilling, recharge pits, Then we can somehow improve the ratio again of storage. And huge improvements in treatment of secondary water so that we can actually distinguish as a places like Singapore uh, in a way that we will not need a lot of fresh water every time and the bulk of usage in domestic and of bathrooms, and industrial use in other places can be recycled water uh, through STP and other stuff. The third area is waste, solid waste. And in Tamil Nadu we have some great outcomes of 100 years of Dravidian kind of philosophy. We have very high per capita income and very low Gini coefficient or inequality compared to any other state of any other large state. So we are in a rich, relatively more equal state that has many good outcomes. The bad outcome is the per capita trash production or solid waste production is very high. Consumption per capita is very high. And historically we have not had a good policy of how to deal with solid waste. Water which is organic, what is inorganic, what is recyclable, what is burnable, what is compostable, etc. So, again, the good news is that technology has evolved since we have come to power. We have spoken to a couple of different innovators. Uh, big oil companies like Shell claim to have figured out from waste to drop in tank fuel, meaning diesel, petrol, tank. So, I think we are at the cusp. In a little while, uh, we can go just like in power, uh, offshore, wind. Sea towers and wave energy and so forth is the cusp of innovation. There seems to be a lot of innovation in waste. The last, I would say, is mining. Until now, we have had a relatively poorly enforced, poorly designed, poorly tracked mining policy in the state of Tamil Nadu. Uh, we have started to take the first steps. We have announced that we will have a comprehensive, ecologically sensitive mining policy. We will employ the best technologies to track what is actually being extracted, how much of it is being accounted for, how is it being replaced, using partnerships with states like Orissa, that are much further ahead of us, and countries like Australia, where the economy is pretty, pretty much driven by commodities. So with all that, I would say, uh, the wonderful Prime Minister of India has announced an ambitious goal, that India should be net zero, by 2050. If that is to happen, as I have said many times before, a progressive state, one of the only three or four large rich states like in India, like Tamil Nadu, we'll have to get there by 2035 or 2040. That's not very far away. So we have a lot of work ahead of us if we're going to achieve that goal. But I believe with the pioneering technologies and the innovations that we see and the many bright young minds that our education system produces and the exchange of ideas such as this conference will get us to the goal at the right target date.
1: So with that, let me
0: apologize once again for the delay based on confusion, let me congratulate the organizers of this conference for putting together what I'm sure will be a very enlightening and fun time for all of you. Let me wish all of you a very successful and enjoyable couple of days. And thank you again for inviting me. Thank you.